Welcome to Under the Plum Bob, the podcast about all things related to the EA Maxis series of games called The Sims. In this very special episode, we're going to be talking about diversity in The Sims, how it is now, how they can further represent the wide variety of cultures and abilities in the real world. It's a game we already love, but we always think it could be better. First, a disclaimer. We at Under the Plum Bob podcast are not licensed professionals. Surprise, surprise. The views and opinions presented here are just that, opinions. We're coming at this with our own personal experiences and biases. Any individual speaking speaks only for herself. We're not a hive mind. We don't always agree. But we come at this conversation with very good intentions. We can't claim to represent the community as a whole or any other person's experience because we only know our own. We also do not speak for Maxis or their plans or intentions. We have no official affiliation with EA at this time. We are just fans, and we recognize that The Sims is not intended to be a therapeutic tool or a replacement in any way for mental health care. That said, we do hope you'll find this discussion valuable and you'll appreciate the fact that we've tried to represent some of the main issues that have been raised in The Sims um, that are affecting the community right now. And we thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to share your comments and constructive feedback, please send us an email at undertheplumbobpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us via the contact page on our website, undertheplumbob.com. So this is Team Llama. And I am Roxy, your host. I'm Jane, the other host. Hi, everybody. And I'm Melly, your other host. I'm so glad to have you all here today. Um, I know we're all very passionate about a lot of these topics. And that said, sometimes strong emotions are stirred up when we talk about these things or hear other people talk about things that are important to us. And life can be hard. So if you are experiencing a mental health crisis at this very moment or feel like you may be starting to or whatever, please seek immediate medical attention. You can call 911 in the U.S. or the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. There's also a group called the Trevor Project, and that's specifically geared toward the LGBTQ community and trans community, and we want to share their number. It's also available 24-7. It's one 866 Four eight eight seven three eight six, and I'd like to take this moment to say, you matter. You matter. You matter. We also recognize we have international listeners, which is so exciting. And I'm going to post some links in the show notes to um, help them if there are any other people out there besides the U.S. that want to reach out to someone. I think we're ready for this topic. We've done a lot of preparation, but nothing's quite as good as the live game, right? So I wanted to start off, I guess, with one of the biggest groups that EA and the Sims has kind of like been open to from the beginning. And that's the LGBTQ plus community, especially the LGB community. (laughs) It's been hard watching that acronym just get longer and longer, (laughs) but I'm glad it is. So in 2000, the Sims came out and it really was groundbreaking because people were allowed to create same-sex union, like uh, relationships. It didn't matter. And they could adopt children. And then in The Sims 2, um, there was a progression to allowing the state of, quote, joined union, which I guess was their romantic way of doing gay marriage at the time. Still pretty progressive 
because I think The Sims 2 came out in, oh, I'm going to get fired for not knowing this, like 2004. Awesome. In The Sims 3, you could actually just get married to anyone for whatever. It's great. Um, and Melly's going to share with us in a little bit about how um, EA and Maxis has just refused to censor this despite absurd requests to censor the relationships. But there's more. So basically, it's been discussed and discovered that all Sims are bisexual, which is really wonderful because uh, it kind of reflects the real world in a real in a real way because. A lot of research on human sexuality has shown that sexual preference is fluid and everyone's sort of on a scale and not just one or the other for the most part. In terms of human sexuality and and psychology, there's this thing called the Kinsey scale, which so like if you're completely heterosexual, you would be you'd be on one end of the scale, whereas if you identify as completely homosexual, you would be on the other end of the scale. But then there's also a lot of people exist kind of in between those two yeah, I actually learned about the Kinsey scale in my 20s because I'm now in my late 30s. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of important to me as someone who's, I'll say it, bisexual. It's kind of like I never get to be part of the main community because I know this is like kind of a thing, but, you know, I'm not gay. But I do have had feelings for women, but I'm in a committed heterosexual relationship. And so it's all like a thing. But, you know, I do feel very close in my heart to these issues because I have a lot of friends and family members that are on varying places of the scale. Do we want to go through some specific, these specific examples of characters from The Sims? Oh, my favorite, I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, is Brent and Brant from Brendleton. They, they're my favorite. It, it was very normal for, I think, everyone when they kind of appeared in a world. Because I've never really looked that into The Sims and their marriages and how that worked. But it's very clear that Brent and yeah. Brant were married because they share the same last name. And I don't know. It was cute. I like them. I play them. Although when I play them, I always break them up. <laughs> Same. <But laughs> those are for unrelated reasons. I just want their dog. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I like seeing personally um, as a lesbian. I was pretty thrilled when I saw them. I said, okay, you know, that's cool because they finally have, you know, this canon you know same-sex couple i believe it not the first in the series obviously but it was the first in the sims 4 right yeah well it's the first married couple first married yeah i believe so like the ones that share last name and everything they could tell right. they're married yeah. they're so I one that was yeah i think weren't they in the trailer also for like oh i take that back there it looks like there was a sims 3 roaring heights goodbye it in the Sims 3 store. So I feel like it's a little bit of a different situation. But Dylan and Audrey Shear were the first lesbian married couple, from what I understand. And they have a child. Whereas Brent and Brant aren't quite there yet. They got their dog, which is fine. But I, I feel like Brent and Brant were more like prominent, I guess, because they were pr- featured heavily in the, the marketing and things. Yeah, which that's a definite, you know, step forward from early. Yeah, it's time. almost like they had these other um, same-sex couples or same-sex relationships built into other NPCs or even um, there's a sexually ambiguous character named Tobias Funk. Actually, that's the Arrested Ve- Development character. Sorry, that's Gobias Coffee <laughs> in Sims 3 Sunset Valley. 
Sorry. I have a blade with the NPCs. I'm not cool like that. But we have this excellent research here and I want to share it. So let's do a rundown because I do appreciate the research that was put into this in The Sims 2. So The Sims 1, uh, you kind of know it came out. Now, the Sims 2 came out only a year after. It, it, it was a little more bare bones and they did a lot of development. And The Sims 2 had more of these like more NPCs for us to know and love. Um, Kent Cap, he comes in to the game with a preference for males. Um, despite, you know, having a, his romance is supposed to be with Bianca Monti. <laughs> but, you know, he has his preferences. It's fine. It's a scale. Um in The Sims 2, there's also a character named Jason Cleveland. He has a preference for males, even though he's married to a woman named Marissa. No relation to our Marissa and Team Kaplan. And there's, um, some of the pre-made Sims have an equal preference. So obviously they're down with this whole like fluidity and like you kind of start neutral in The Sims and then you get a preference maybe um, depending on how you play. So I think that's that i think that's what they intended was to just leave it open to either to swing whichever way you want right and i think that's good i think it's a good thing you know that all these sims are always blank slates you know so you don't you're not forced in anything mm-hmm. if you have the, your, own, your own vision for a sim you can always break up whoever they're with or what have you and in the sims 3 like i said we have um dylan and audrey Shear. you can buy from the sims 3 store with roaring heights and they're you know, an actual committed same-sex couple. In that same neighborhood, there's two secret same-sex affairs going on in the town. And it's a married couple, a heterosexual married couple, that are both cheating on each other with same-sex partners. Now, whatever you might think about that, I think it's an interesting reflection of our society and how there are so many people who are forced into the closet and whether with their spouse's permission or not, did carry on these kind of affairs. So I think it's an interesting commentary. Who are the people involved in this affair? Because I could have sworn I read something about there was a couple in The Sims 3 that was inspired by uh, the romance between Virginia Woolf and um, her partner, whose name I can't remember. They are Mark Davis-Wells and Michael Dandy are having an affair. And Mark's wife, Rita Davis-Wells, is having an affair with Virginia Supine. There we go. That's the, uh, the Virginia Woolf reference you were thinking of. Yeah, that, that's why I thought Virginia, because there was, in fact, a Virginia in there. So, the more you know. In the Sim 4, we have vampires Caleb the Tory. In the teaser video, um, they show him flirting with a male Sim and two other female Sims, which is pretty cool. There's the uh, create a Sim options when you drill down into gender preferences, I suppose you'd say, or gender options. You can totally customize. Things like how they pee, whether or not they can recreate, uh, reproduce. I'm so sorry. I can't talk. Um, Whether they can get pregnant, get others pregnant, or none, which that could mean a world of things. Um, Kind of like, I kind of like the fact that you could just have pretend it's birth control and then you don't need any mods, but whatever. Um, It just gives you so much flexibility with storytelling and being able to represent yourself and any other characters you want. But Melly's going to get into some of the really interesting things that have happened when the world met The Sims. Yeah, not everyone, surprisingly, Shocker, is okay with um, LGBT representation in their games. For example, Russia. 
in 2010, they passed a law. It's called the 436F7, which aims to protect minors from propaganda of non-traditional sexual relationships, a.k.a. we don't want our kids to be, quote-unquote, influenced by a game, and they want them to stick to the norm, um, boy-girl kinds of relationships. So when this came out, um, The Sims 4 was only available for people over the age of 18. And then The Sims 3 was rated 12 and up, but that was before that gay propaganda law came into effect. Um, When the law passed in Russia, it was very controversial. People were protesting, especially because it was during the times of the Sochi Winter Olympic Games, um, they were arguing that the game was being harmful to children and that they shouldn't have to allow kids to do that. But EA is very vocal when it comes down to censorship, and they have stated and will continue to state that they will not change the game to fit other people's restrictions they are very open to be inclusive to everyone because it's a game for everyone so we shouldn't have to change how someone lives their life so someone else can feel better because they're insecure about their own lives so we applaud EA for that for standing their ground on that the whole censorship thing I think you know how they're censoring the game for underage people it's like the sims i guess i mean i can only speak for myself but the sims for me it was like when i was a kid you know i was like nine years old and i was pairing all my female sims off with women you know fast forward 10 years and i'm like oh i'm a lesbian so it's like you know it's a tool for self-discovery i think for a lot of people and it's like why you know why take that away although that's probably exactly why they enacted that law because they're afraid of even even opening that door you know (laughs) how dare you explore yourself yeah and russia isn't the only country that's like this unfortunately i know um india is very much like this in china they don't want people to leave the social norm because as soon as someone starts thinking for themselves then things go downhill government wise but that's a different topic we're not here to talk about politics today <laughs> right thank god yeah <laughs> we don't need that today it's not just other countries that sometimes let us down it's other video game makers like nintendo <laughs> ah, nintendo we all love nintendo but um in 2004 they came under fire when they released their Tamadachi life simulator and they did not allow for same-sex marriages in the games which obviously made a lot of people upset um they did apologize and said that with their next game that they're going to make it more inclusive but we shouldn't have to like make it a big deal that what you're doing is wrong for you to change your ways Um, A lot of people in the community said how it's not okay that in real life I'm married to someone, but in a video game, it's frowned upon and it's not okay. Um, So EA is out here paving the way for 
other games, other developers to open up that door that there is no norm of boy-girl. It's a spectrum and everyone's included and they're going to keep broadening that spectrum for everyone to feel like they can play a game and feel normal playing a game. I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite games that I've been playing nonstop lately is Stardew Valley. You can marry whoever you want as long as you're single. That That's one thing. Stardew Valley does not condone cheating. We have The Last of Us, um, Borderlands, Life is Strange, Overwatch, um, and the show Steven Universe. <laughs> so things are going up. More people are making more LGBT-friendly games, but obviously... We're not going to stop there. There's a lot more to do. But yeah, that's, that's all I got, guys. Right, yeah, I, I agree. You know, everyone everyone should feel included. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm also always harping on, and this is going to probably, I think, be our next topic, um, is representation of disabilities in The Sims. That's another part of the whole representation issue. It's um, a big part of it. Yeah. These two topics that we're about to talk, this one and the one we're about to talk about are kind of the biggest ones that we felt capable of handling. We're going to touch a little bit on um, cultural representation, but that's a little more challenging for us as Americans. Um, Melly's a Mexican American, if you don't mind me saying, but you know, as far as like um, we just don't have as quite as much personal um, experience and I, but I'm still going to talk about that and gender politics. But first, I think we can have a really good discussion about representation of disabilities in The Sims, and it's been a really hot topic ever since SimGuru Grant hinted at it back in I think September of 2018 that they might be considering including them in The Sims for. All right. Well, um, I have extensive notes on this topic because I'm extra and also because like this relates to me personally. So I want to start off and I'm reading off of my notes here, but I want to start off by saying I'm a full time wheelchair user. So one of the things that I would love to see in The Sims in terms of disability representation uh, is the addition of mobility devices. I remember that The Sims 3, I believe it was, had canes for Elder Sims. So, like, they could have walking sticks. You know, they could go around with their little sticks in their inventory, pull them out, put them back. You know, um, which was cool. But I think, you know, given that The Sims 4 is what it is and it's more advanced, um, it could be advanced to the point where there are walkers, wheelchairs, crutches, things like that. Um, And one of the, I guess, counter arguments that I saw towards the inclusion of mobility devices, somebody argued it would be too depressing, um, which I can't say I really understand because it's kind of been my entire life where I've used mobility devices and there's really not anything depressing about what should be considered a fact of life. Unfortunately, I guess it isn't, but, um, you know, that's, that's a whole other conversation. But I think, you know, to make people happy, the only way I can see this is being included this is why I'm not a game developer, but it could have an on-off toggle. So, like, if you wanted to play a save file where you didn't have mobility devices, uh, you could just turn it off. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that's the only way I could think of to make everybody happy because there's always going to be someone that doesn't want it, you know? Um, but, yeah. And then in terms of other things, let's see. So what are the traits that people think kind of represent, I guess, mental illness? I don't want to say, like, disability per se, but mental illness 
basically the issue is that there's not a whole lot included in the game for people with physical, mental, and social disabilities. And, and you kind of have to go and make your own mods or find your own mods to add that in. But there are a few traits that are definitely associated with um, mental illness or facets of mental illness. Um, notably, there was an insane trait in The Sims 3 and it was in Sims 4 until April 2018. And there was an article written on Kotaku, which is a video game blog um, part, that's part of the Gawker Media Network. And it stated that, you know, mental illness isn't black and white and video games need to be more um, mindful of this. So after that piece came out, The Sims changed um, insane to erratic. And... I remember when this happened, I was really confused and I even went to our, our community group and was like, why did they make this change? I don't really understand. And there were some people there that were like, well, no, it really makes a big difference to me that they changed it because, you know, insane is a very harmful and hurtful term. It's basically a slur. And I thought to realize, you know, even though I have mental illness, I haven't had people shut me down and basically write me off because I'm quote insane. So I really came to appreciate this change, even though I started out being puzzled by it. So there's erratic. Yeah. Erratic's the most common one. Like if you do the asylum challenge, all the Sims are supposed to have the erratic trait, which basically in the game just gives the mood swings and they talk to themselves. Yeah. Which makes, Makes sense. I think, you know, to TEA's credit, I think they've been trying to represent mental illness, like, in their own way, in a very, in a very Sims sort of way. Exactly. Like, if you're going for realism, if you're going for realism with these built-in traits, you're not really going to get that, because you're only going to have them say it's erratic or gloomy or what have you, but gloomy is the other one, and uh, to me, I guess that's always represented depression. That's about the closest thing I've seen to depression in The Sims is if somebody has the right. gloomy trait. And when I think about gloomy in The Sims, I think of the character Eeyore and like how nobody thinks about Eeyore and is like, ah, oh, Eeyore is such a depressing character. I hate him. He's such a, you know, he just makes people with depression feel bad about themselves. Like most of the people I know like Eeyore because he represents that. It's okay to be sad. You don't have to always be perky, whatever. Um, it's kind of like a more in innocent representation of sadness or depression, but you know, it doesn't represent the full, it's, it's not going to represent the full experience of being a depressed person. I can say that as a depressed person. <laughs> and I don't think they'll ever get it fully right. Only because right. there are people that do get triggered by things like this. So it's kind of hard to represent all of these things in a game when not everyone is very not like not open to it but these things affect their lives so maybe a video game isn't somewhere where they want to see those kinds of things yeah i mean in fairness to ea you know maybe they don't want to make it hyper realistic for fear of i guess triggering people you know which makes sense um but the other thing i wanted to bring up if i can find my notes again for the 50th time um so i've had to resort to making custom traits in some situations to be able to tell the stories that I want to tell. Because in one of my long-running Let's Plays that I haven't, you know, actually updated in a while, but that's neither here nor there, one of my characters is anorexic. And I had to make an anorexia trait to reflect that because I needed there to be a way where she gets tense, you know, from eating or she likes working out and she feels confident from working out, things like that. And it was a very, very basic interpretation of an eating disorder, but it um it worked for what I needed 
uh, and it's surprisingly popular. It actually has over a hundred downloads right now because I actually put it on Tumblr a while ago. Um, oh shoot, I didn't know that. But things like well, that, we definitely need the link for that. <laughs> I'll get you that. Um, things like that. Um, things like that are triggering sometimes. They can be, to but some you know, people. I think when you make these custom traits, I definitely remember I put a trigger warning on that. So you know, it's obviously not for everyone, and I think that's why these traits are custom traits is because you can't just. I guess there's some things I should say you shouldn't force on people, I suppose, is the correct way of putting that. You know, you shouldn't just throw it in someone's face if they're not prepared for it. Um, And then the other things I'd like to see, and I I could go all day, but some of the things I wrote down were blind sims, deaf sims, um, service animals, autism, which is another thing I've seen represented by a variety of custom traits, because autism, obviously, it's a spectrum. It's not one size fits all. So I've seen some different ones. Um... Let's see, what else did I put? ADHD is another one. I had a custom trait for that for a while before it broke. Uh, And learning disabilities. So just a lot of things. Um, And like I said earlier, I think we could have disabilities included in the actual, like the vanilla game, if it had an on-off toggle, just to keep everyone happy. Because mods, right now we have those mods, and that kind of is the on-off toggle. You know, you can choose to include them or not. Yeah, Well, and there's so much, I think, that needs to go into this. And I'm sure they're doing a ton of brainstorming and thinking and talking. And, um, you know, you could just go round and round with, we should do this, we shouldn't do this. You know, it's going to be a very thorny issue, no matter how they, how they, you know, accomplish it. Yeah, no no matter how you slice it. Yeah. And I almost feel like uh, some of the physical disabilities are probably going to be, as far as implementing in the game, less triggering as far as like if someone's just blind or deaf or uses a mobility device that's not you know that just it's just a fact of life and it doesn't have to be good or bad it's just part of who they are but then i could see the way that some people might use it in the game and then maybe share that content in a way that could be triggering and that's the thing is like people have to not be dicks right the thing i was thinking it's like you know now that you bring it up it's like yeah what if people were to have these things and they were to use them in a bad light to be like oh this sim is you know call them an ableist slur every five minutes on tumblr you know that kind of thing um which i would hope nobody would do but of course we all know people can be dicks so you know um uh, what else did i want to bring up that i thought was really important uh i remember seeing a while ago um, for The Sims 3, I believe somebody once made a working wheelchair mod, like, you could actually put your sim in a wheelchair and, like, have them wheel themselves around, and I don't think it works anymore, sadly, but that's the kind of mod or, like, vanilla feature I'd like to see in The Sims 4 really badly is, like, a wheelchair option. I just need my sim self to not be walking around all the time because I don't walk around a lot in real life. I do sometimes, but not a lot, so. Yeah, I think it would be nice, um, Cowplant mentioned on their episode that even if EA just partnered with a mod maker and just said, this is like an EA endorsed or supported mod. And that way people can just go and get it, but they don't have to have it in their game. I just think something like that even would be cool. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, if you, cause if you look at other game companies, you know, they have their little, you know, official mods like um, in Bethesda games now in Skyrim and Fallout 4, they have the Creation Club, which is basically they took some of these most popular modders and they partnered with them and now they make official content. It's kind of like paid mods, I guess you can say. It's microtransactions, but uh, it's all very good and very like official, very polished, very bug free, you know, and they've taken these really good modders and 
put them on their team, basically, which is really neat, I think. And I think Sims, you know, I'm not going to say should do something similar, but could do something similar. And that'd be really cool to see. Yeah, I think that would be a very exciting development for 2019. I mean, I'll make stuff for them any day. And I mean, they don't even have to pay me. I'll do it for free. I'll just be sitting there like, yeah, we should make a, you know, we should make cerebral palsy a thing in the game. Let's give this sim kind of a different walk animation than, you know, just things I've thought about. Like if I knew how to give Sims different modded walk styles, I would literally be able to walk the way I walk in real life. And that'd be really cool. Yeah. Modded walk styles would be really interesting. Yeah, And like I said, I've been making um, and looking into these custom traits. And the reason I started making these custom traits is because I just couldn't find the ones that I wanted. You know, I want some of my Sims to have, you know, kind of global developmental delay. I want some of my Sims to have learning disabilities. I want some of my Sims to have ADHD. I want, you know, some of my Sims to have cerebral palsy, although that one's harder because you can't change the walk style to kind of reflect that. But um, just, you know, I had to make what wasn't in there already. And I think a lot of modders would say that. I think if you get into like, you know, if you look at the community that's built around Simmers of Color, that was born of a whole thing where a while back, there was really no content for non-white Sims in the game. And people saw that and came together to make content. Yeah, I think that you're like little miss transition. I think that's a great transition to that topic of cultural representation. Um, Like I said, I'm white. And so I don't think I can do justice to this topic. But I do think it's very important. And I'm very passionate about representation. I grew up in a very diverse area. Um, Back in the 90s, yo, uh, the president Clinton came to my high school to say like, hey, this is one of the most diverse schools in the nation. So yeah. (laughs) So I you know, I definitely come from a diverse area. That's so wild. I like to see diversity in my games and in my life and on TV. I'm just one of those people that are like, if I watch something and it's all white people or even all any type of people, I did just kind of naturally get a little bored because I'm like, this doesn't feel natural or right to me. But anyway. Yeah, I've never, I've never understood that. It's like, why do people, you know, I mean, I get why people make media that doesn't reflect the real world. It's because, you know, they don't, maybe they don't like the real world, but some people take it to a really bigoted extreme where they only have white characters or whatever. And it's like, really? Right. And the the male-female ratios are off too, but you know, that's fine. I love The Sims because you can kind of fix that stuff. And the the generated characters are very diverse, like the auto-generated characters. Right. And you can even put like non-binary characters in your game if you want. And you can't do that. You know, a lot of TV shows and media and such don't have non-binary people, unfortunately, because I think that's something that really needs to be represented more in media. Just speaking as somebody who knows non-binary people, it's like there's not a lot of media out there it's like that it's true and there's i feel like the trans community is like stronger than ever but more vulnerable than ever i just know so many young people that have come out as trans to their families and it's just like yes but i feel like media is on the like in the embryonic stage of introducing that like you have some attempts but i don't know if they're really comfortable with it yet and there's a lot of Ground yeah, to definitely. I think it's not even like so much people aren't comfortable. It's just that a lot of the creators I've seen that are doing these transgender stories are people who are not transgender themselves. So it's like there's been a lot of missteps and a lot of misrepresentation and just a lot of things that don't ring true to people's experiences. And 
it's just frustrating. And I've noticed that even as a disabled person watching people, you know, non-disabled people write disabled characters, I'm just like, that is not how this works. Like, hello, but what can you do? You know, all I can do is yell on Twitter about it. So in The Sims 4, um, the create a sim and the build mode are much improved with their variety of items that are inspired by cultures from cultures that reflect our world. Cause obviously there's not a direct correlation between the Sims world and our world. Um, in city living, the neighborhood's called San Maishuno, which has sort of a, an Asian feel to it. And they definitely capitalized on that by having a lot of um, per EA. Cause I kept trying to figure out the wording for this. And I'm like, let's just see what EA called it. Indian, Arab, Japanese, African, and other ethnicities represented um, so they've got clothing, hairstyles, you know, built-in towny characters with ethnic stories, you know, backgrounds and, tr- and appearances and things. And and the ta- the naming, the names that are generated automatically for NPCs are much more diverse, I would think, than yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, I think they're definitely more diverse than they used to be. Although I will say, you know, I'm getting a lot of people that have these different names, but it's like you get three Sims with the same surname and they're not even related. That's the problem with the land of generator. Like, yeah, uh, I would say the engine's not perfect. I have, I have some saves that have all Japanese names and some saves that have all Indian names. And it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, I've whatever. Noticed, I've noticed <laughs> but I will say, I think with City Living and Sam Mashuno, and you brought this up as well, it's like there's a lot of all these pre-made Sims now that have these more, I guess you could say, what's a non-offensive way of putting this, diverse backgrounds, I guess. Um uh, which is nice to see because a lot of like I feel the base game stuff wasn't as diverse and now it's just increasing in diversity and we're increasing you know the options we have and stuff and it's it's good to see even just as a white person it's like if my whole save file is full of white sims I get so bored like if everybody's straight and white and just you know the basically the societal I don't know I don't want to say default I guess majority it's probably a better word um you know, it just gets boring. It's like, I don't necessarily want that, you know? And I think yeah. more and more people are also realizing that they don't want all their characters to be the same, which is good. So, Not that there's anything wrong with being white and straight. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, as a non-white person who was, I was raised around yeah. minority white. So hearing you guys say how you guys live, feel like you live in an all-white world it's kind of surprising to me in a way to to me that's the complete opposite I was raised around a lot of culture and a lot of um spiciness I guess if you want to say it like how we say some <laughs> sasson in in our lives so yeah it's it's a nice it's nice hearing that it's the opposite yeah. You know, my actual world is pretty diverse, but like, I feel like a lot of media is so overwhelmingly white. I'm like, okay, come on. (laughs) It's getting better. It's getting better. um, Yeah. The neighborhood I live in, you know, it's it's like, I don't want to say full of white people, but it's a lot of white people. And I have a lot of, you know, friends that, you know, all of my friends are pretty much at this point, everybody's marginalized in some way. Um, So it's like, you know, I have these three different kind of worldviews where it's like the media is doing the whole, you know, everybody is white and heterosexual thing. And then my actual personal circle, it's like, oh, you know, not everybody is that way, you know. So it's it's weird always to see that disconnect between the media that I consume versus my personal life. And I think The Sims is helpful with that because it's like with The Sims, you can do whatever you want. You know, you can reflect your reality if you want to. Um. 
I want to touch on that more, but real quick, the it, the Sims has also given out more base game content as uh, free updates in, that increases the diversity. So you don't just get it through City Living. Uh, last, last August, they did a Caribbean-themed update. So there were a lot of build mode and CAS items, including some additional Afro-styled hairstyles, uh, textured hairstyles, which I think were very nice. And I know that there's been a lot of criticism on The Sims for not having enough or accurate enough representation. And some of their some of the base game Afro textured hair is just hideous, and I don't understand why it's there. <laughs> which is which is fair, I think. I I heard all this. This may be rumor, but I heard they did base one hair from the base game actually off of the texture of a cauliflower. Which I don't even want to begin to get into how offensive and weird that is. I can but- see if they were calling back to previous versions of The Sims where it was also <laughs> bad, but I'm glad they've tried to like kind of repair that because yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it's funny. And I, I remember when I was playing The Sims 2, I noticed there's more hairstyles for people of color in The Sims 2 versus what's included with the base game in The Sims 4. I really feel there's more like braided hairstyles and like textured hairstyles and afros and such that are just included in Sims 2. And with Sims 4, you know, if you want that, you have to go get mods for it. Mm. Not everybody can do that. You know, not everybody has the computer where you can blow up your computer with a bunch of, you know, high polygon count hairs from from whoever is the latest creator at the moment. You know, <laughs> Yeah. Which sucks. Anyway. Uh, another pack, the Jungle Adventure kind of came with a South American cultural feel to it. And it has, you know, some like community lots and a skill you can learn called Salvadoradian culture. Um, the cultural skill with the, so you just touched on um, Yeah. It's interesting. You get to basically increase your Sims cultural literacy, which a lot of people in the real world don't even do that. So it's really cool mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I like it as increasing our sphere of representation. I just don't know. Is it enough? is it unfair that they haven't done more? So I'm just looking to see, you know, if they're going to continue in this vein. Cause it's like, I feel like they're, they're getting better, but can we always go further? And I feel like, um, if you want to hear a really good story about not feeling represented, there was, a, there's a, another podcast called reply all. And the way they number their episodes is they just give it a number and a name and number 129 is autumn. And, She's an African-American who had, you know, some difficult experiences growing up and she used The Sims um, to kind of feel more represented in her own life. And it was hard for her to get the right look in the game. And her saving grace was the Black Simmer. Well, I know a little bit more about the Black Simmer just because I've been pretty much looking at it since it, you know, was established. But uh, it was established, I believe, uh entirely by a simmer by the name of X Miramira who saw this need for more I guess diverse and inclusive content in the sim so she created for starters created this forum where simmers of color and creators of color could come together to share all of their content that was geared toward um, non-white people and non-white sims so it's basically just this big treasure trove of things that you know you can use to make your sims of color look like actual people which is nice because, you know, sometimes in The Sims, we all they look a little cartoony. Right. And in this episode of Reply All, that's where I first heard of the Black Simmer um, because obviously it was like 
not finding, I didn't have that deep need to find the content. So I just didn't know about it. We all have blind spots, but like um, Autumn talks about not only her finding the content that made her be able to use the Sims to its maximum potential, but she also talked about her mental health. And uh, so I really recommend you listen to that because, you know, if nothing else, she's going to cover this topic of race in her, with her own experience much better than we can here. So I'll put a link to that. I have yet to listen to that myself, but now I have something to listen to tonight while I play The Sims. It actually so. really bummed me out, but that's because it triggered some of my own issues. So it was really well done and it was a really sweet and moving story. And she's doing fine today. So it's like, you know. Oh, that's good. Happy ending, right? Yeah. Melly, do you have anything else you want to add to their discussion of um, ethnicities? Yes. Melissa was telling me about the El Dia de los Muertos challenge, which I I didn't even know was a thing. I, I don't know if I'm living under a rock or I just don't pay attention to these things, but I, I thought it was very touching in a way. Um, if you don't know what El Dia de los Muertos is, it is a predominantly Mexican holiday where we honor our deceased loved ones. Um, I, oh, I'm going to start crying and I don't want to start crying, but it's, I can feel it coming. Um, I lost my grandma about two years ago. Um, so for me personally, that holiday is very important it it gives us here on earth it makes us feel like for at least one day we we can hold that family member close to us and it honors that person in our lives and the fact that ea brought that into a game um is it's touching um you build a little altar in the sims and you put little sugar skulls by talking to the dead in the game in real life you built an altar you give your loved ones um sugar skulls and their favorite treats my grandma was an alcoholic i blame her for my problems <laughs> so we, we like pour her a beer or two um and it's a nice bridge between reality and the game i i think it ea did a beautiful job including all of that culture into the game yeah i do really appreciate that too yeah i agree i appreciate it you know it's it's nice to see other other things, you know, represented in the Sims, you know, as they should be. I think we should try and get as much real life in there as possible. I mean, that's just me, maybe, but representation, in a more broad sense, representation is very important. It's kind of what I meant. Your your explanation, yeah. Melly, was lovely, by the way. That that almost made me cry. So, <laughs> yeah, everyone's crying. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to celebrate the Day of the Dead, um, you know, because I took Spanish classes. And so we learned about that in in the process of learning the language. But like, Americans just don't get it. And like, we suck at grieving in general. And that's a whole side issue. But 
I had to deal with that. I've had to deal with that in a lot of ways of trying to figure out how to grieve because they don't give you time to grieve. We don't have like a shared ritual. And it's like, I almost hope that like, as we become more integrated with Latin cultures that we can kind of start to maybe get this like really wonderful tradition into our lives because Americans suck at grieving. I agree. We we don't know how to handle sadness. I've seen like you know, funeral traditions in other countries. And yeah. um, I watched a lot of National Geographic growing up and I saw one funeral and I can't for the life of me remember where it was or what culture or anything, but people were very open with their grieving and we don't really do that here in America, I find. And I don't know if you could do a Day of the Dead using the Seasons holiday creator, but that's something else to touch on. Um, with Seasons, the ability to create your own holidays really opens up options for um, people to represent their cultures. Um, we actually did the episode on that back in around Thanksgiving time, but not in this context. So yeah, you could, there's like things in there that are clearly geared toward helping you celebrate Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all number of things. I appreciate that as well. So here's the thing. While I'm doing all this research, I feel like there's an elephant in the room and its name is kleptomania. We even uh, presented uh, a tip from a, a listener in a couple episodes ago about Oh, you know, if you want a way to make money when you're starting out, have your kleptomaniac Sim get the tech career and then he steals really valuable stuff when he's at work. And, you know, that's fun. It's a game. It's like it's a way to kind of hack the game in a way that's not cheating. My issue is, okay, we're going to change insane to erratic because of mental health advocacy and um, trying to diminish the stigma of mental health illnesses. And I get that. Kleptomania is the only mania that's still in The Sims as of Sims 4. They had some other ones. They had quite a few in The Sims 3, actually. The Sims 3, I'll tell you, I started trying to like make a list of all the traits. And I finished the list for The Sims 4. And I started trying to do the list for The Sims 3. And I was like, I've never even heard of some of these traits because I didn't have all the expansions. And I was like, this list is three miles long. There were so many traits in The Sims 3. And a lot of them were phobias or, you know, I'm sure people who wanted to represent mental illness had a much easier job of it in The Sims 3 because there were so many traits. But anyway, in Sims 4, we have kleptomania. And really, I I just, I'm concerned. I've never seen anyone question this in the community or in a message board or anywhere. But I've known people who shoplifted. And it's not something to make fun of. It's not a joke. It's a mental illness. It's a compulsion. It's in the DSM-5 under disruptive impulse control and conduct disorders. So I just have some issues with it. I don't know if I'm like the only person on earth who's like taking this too seriously, but I don't know. I just felt like it should be mentioned. I felt like it was the elephant in the room that no one was mentioning. I don't think think you're taking it too seriously at all. I think... um you know, if it matters to you, it matters. And I, I definitely, you know, now that you mention it, it's like, I, I, I'm i thinking about it. It's like, why are none of these other traits? Why do they not, you know, uh, kleptomania is a real, you know, thing. And why are none of these other traits that represent real things have real names and real buffs and real whatever, but kleptomania gets that, you know, why, why is nothing else that realistic, I guess, is my issue, which, which is, that's fair, I think. Right. And it's like, like, just, Change the name. We talked about this in our group chat. Like, just change it yeah, to something like it, Swiper. 
call it swiper because then I can just mutter swiper no swiping to myself all the time. Like, Because that would be a hilarious treat to have. <laughs> I have a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. I've been inflicted. I've had much Dora the Explorer inflicted upon me. I want to make fun of Swiper if I want to make fun of Swiper. So maybe somebody could just make a mod and change that trait to Swiper for me. <laughs> I bet that's fairly easy to do because people definitely make custom traits. Because I feel like I feel like when it comes up in my game now, it's just like a bad yeah. trait. Like, oh, that one, that one's a kleptomaniac. He's a bad sim. Yeah, it's like, like it's seen as a bad thing. And it's I yeah, no, now that you mention it, it's like that that's a you know mental an aspect of someone's mental health, I guess you could say. And in the game, it's it's present, it's framed straight up, not in a neutral way, but it's framed as a bad thing. And that's not really fair. So now that you mentioned that, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I can see that. So yeah, maybe they could change the name. I don't know. I, I would like to see them change it just because it is an official disorder. Um, but again, if I'm the only one who cares, it's fine. <laughs> I'm the queen of like overthinking things. Oh, I, think, I think it makes sense. I think they should just maybe just call it, you know, thief. Just something really simple. Just say this person steals things. That, that's what that implies, yeah. I guess. I don't know if that's any better, but that's the first thing I thought of. So Yeah. There's also more to being a kleptomaniac than just stealing. So umbrella-ing it under stealing isn't okay. Yeah. Um, I get where you guys are coming from. And I guess it has a social impact. Like, I think if you talk about it to people and to other Sims in the game, they get kind of like a negative response to you. Like, uh, why are you talking about stealing stuff? (laughs) Or why are you asking me about what my favorite thing is? And so like, there's some social stuff. And like, I think if you swipe from someone's house, they might get a negative mood lit or relationship with them. But there's no legal, legal repercussions for stealing in the game, which kind of annoys me because we have detectives. (sighs) Yeah, we have a whole like, we have a whole detective expansion. So why are people not, you know, arrested for stealing right. or whatever? Or like ar- arrested for being out after curfew. And like, there's these little things that the game could fix before they do some of this other stuff. Like um, right. if we're going to have learning disabilities, we need a teacher career. Yeah. And we also need, you know, firemen and burglars back. Right. Cool. You know, maybe, throw, maybe throw in like some ambulance drivers or like a really more realistic illness system. That'd be really cool. I've always wanted like an illness and injuries pack. Is that just me? No, I think that would be fun. You know, like, like, what if your sim, like, randomly had appendicitis, you know, and they needed to go to the hospital, so they called the ambulance, and somebody came in with, like, their little llama embroidered on their breast pocket, you know, they're with llama EMS services or whatever, that, and they come in so the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> be, I, I don't know, I just think it'd be cute, and then, like, when the kids are in the hospital, they can give them little teddy bears, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking too much, but, you know, things like Let's that. Let's build a mod pack, Jane. Yeah, 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 for real, I'm gonna, I'm best to program mods just to do this, like... <laughs> Do it, do it. I want to. I'm just, I don't know where to start, you know, because it seems like people make all these cool script mods out of thin air and I'm sitting here going, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> how does sacrificial do what he does? You know, how does base mental do his drug mod? I don't, I don't know. I don't know the first thing about that. So it's hard, but I want to do things like that. I have so many ideas and so little time in which to code them. So, I mean, yeah. I say this as someone who has one mod and one piece of CC in my game. So, <laughs> you know what? Everybody starts somewhere. You just need to find that one piece that opens the floodgates to you downloading everything ever. So that's what I'm afraid of. I don't want to download too much stuff. And don't be afraid. Get it. Get a flash drive and embrace it. I think you can put mods on like external. I shouldn't say flash drive. External drives. I think you can do that. Have your computer read. Oh off yeah. Yeah. You probably could. 
the only other thing that came to my mind during this conversation was the therapist career. I feel like if we're going to add more mental illness or add mental illness to the game in a serious way, there needs to be a therapist career. Now I have something I need to go make tonight. So thank you for that. <laughs> You've got a long list. You're going to be up late. I really do. I'm about to be up till midnight. Like, how do I do this thing in Python? What do I do now? Actually, if you are interested in creating custom content or mods, we would like to support you. Um, we're in, we've communicated with at least one person who wants to create custom content and reached out to us. And, you know, we're open to collaborating with other people. We can't necessarily help you on the technical side, but we can at least spread the word about what you've made and uh, maybe even have you on to interview because I would love to interview some CC creators or mod makers out there. So uh, just to, you know, plant in a seed, you guys can think about it and let us know what you think. So the last thing is another really big topic that we're just going to like lightly skim uh, gender politics in the Sims. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you make the same money, you get the same promotions, you can have the same jobs. There are no rules like female Sims can be a president or a CEO or stay at home and the men can do that. And it's wonderful. That's excellent. I love that. You know, I love that my my female Sims can become CEOs or presidents or whatever. It's so nice. It's like we don't, you know, we don't have a female president in the United States right now. And it's like I want, you know, my Sim to go become president and right all of the wrongs in the world. You know, it's nice. I like knowing that if my Sim doesn't get a promotion, it's not because she has a vagina. It's because I'm lazy and I didn't complete the tasks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's such a great, great, like fantasy but a fantasy we want to be reality that like you can be you can go be an an actor if you're not you know you're not um very skinny you know you don't have to be super skinny to be a successful actor things like that it's like woo yeah you know and even down to like when you get seasons and the kids can join the scouts it's just the scouts it's not separated by any gender roles or stereotypes yeah i think lately they've been very good at you know increasing um gender representation in particular with I don't know I mean I don't know if this was a thing in previous Sims games but I've noticed like you said there's no really gender inequality with careers and such I don't know if you know that was an issue before no I think it was just compared to real life (laughs) there's a lot of it in real life yeah a lot a lot of issues in real life as we all know unfortunately and there in general there just aren't a lot of negative things in the Sims and you know, most of it is like pretty benign in the grand scale of things. Like you can have evil Sims and you can have mean Sims and you can have fights, but you know, there's no murder unless you mod it. There's no fatal illnesses. Well, okay. Take that back. (laughs) There are fatal illnesses, but they're curable. Yeah. You can definitely die of a heart attack also if you get too angry. So there's that. That's true. I mean, you know, they do have some, they have death in the Sims, but they don't have like, you know, the illnesses are pretty um, easy to cure or they're short lived, short lived, you know, there's just not a lot of that stuff. And I don't know. It's like, we want to add in more realism, but we don't. And it's so hard to really, I, I feel like there's no right side of this argument. It's a teeter totter. You want to make everyone feel inclusive, but at the same time, how much is too much? Like, yeah. 
we don't want it to become like a real life simulation where it's a little too real because at the end of the day sometimes some of us play games to escape our actual real lives but at the same time you don't want someone to feel left out it's it's a lose-lose situation when it comes to wanting to please every single person but ea is doing a good job of of leading that door to more openness yeah i think at the very least you know even if it takes a while for these changes to be made you know if some of them ever are it's still an important conversation to have and there are still ways to include these things from the modding community even if it's never official yeah it's good to have the conversation i think it's actually very important to have the conversation yeah Yeah, exactly because i feel like there's a lot of people that would be really upset if it was just automatically put into their games Yeah, which is, I mean, I guess I can understand that because, you know, some people, myself included, I still use The Sims as an escape, but I also like it to be realistic. It's just like the Black Simmers, like, they, you know, you just want to see yourself represented and be able to get as close to yourself, but, you know, stylized in The Sims. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And that should be everyone's right. Yeah, for sure. One thing that I learned while researching this was thinking about not just representation in the game, but accessibility to the game. So um, they've already done that in some ways by creating Simlish. By creating Simlish, they made it not only easier for sales and marketing to not have to like translate everything all the time, but you know, it does make it more accessible to people who speak different languages right out of the box. Um, And then we mentioned, we've mentioned before how when you play with the sound off, there are certain things like the stereo being up super loud that you can still see because it's visually represented. And I didn't think about the fact that that's helpful for deaf players. Um, There's like a lot of little things they've done that are good. And um, there, in one conversation I read on the Sims forum, there was a user named Modsy who pointed out that, you know, this accessibility issue is very important because she's a visually impaired player and one thing she would like to see them do is just to increase the playability of the game for her set, you know, people with her type of um, disability to be able to play the game more easily or more enjoyably. So yeah, this is, there's so much in this can of worms, but we're just glad to be able to talk about it and like maybe make people stop and think and consider possibilities. Yeah. At the very least, it's a nice topic to be able to actually sit down and talk about with other people, you know, because it's a lot. A lot of this stuff is stuff I've just kept to myself because nobody else cares, you know. (laughs) So it's nice to just be able to sit here and just discuss it. So we have a ton of links for this episode. I really encourage you to go to the website um, because you can access them more easily there. And I'm going to link to a lot of the things that we found and read about. And, you know, you can dive into this topic yourself. I think it's definitely time we start wrapping this up. It's been a really good conversation and um, we'll be even better after editing. (laughs) On our next episode, Team Calpline is going to bring you another expansion pack review. And it's going to be about cats and dogs, which is my favorite. I'm kind of upset that they're doing it, but it's okay. And then we will be going over the cult challenges, which is another one of my favorites. I love cults. I am in a cult. <laughs> I am the cult. Millie, do we need to call your dad? So stay tuned for that. Yeah, do we need to stage an intervention? Our next episode, or the cult episode, will also have a content warning. So don't worry, we're not going to be 
super irresponsible. We'll keep it PG. <laughs> but we are going to have some fun. PG-13. Yeah. Well, no, we're not. I want to be able to curse. <laughs> I mean, we do the best we can and we do it with good intentions. So we're just thankful for everyone who's hung in with us and continues to subscribe and share our show. And you can follow us on social media. We're on all the places, Instagram and Twitter. We're on as PlumbobCast. Reddit, we're on as Plumbob Podcast. And on Facebook and Tumblr, you can find us at Under the Plumbob Podcast. Websites under the plumbob.com. And remember, you can contact us via our website or by emailing us at under the plumbob podcast at gmail.com. As you know, we're on many of the podcatchers out there. And if we need to be added to your favorite podcatcher, just let us know. And uh, I want to do a special thanks to everyone who contributed to this episode, not just Melly and Jane and Melissa, but also Jen and Marissa and Becky, especially that kind of helped us guide the conversation into a useful direction. Um, I think while I'm thinking people, I just want to do one quick shout out to Simfax. It's a YouTube channel and he did an episode on autism spectrum disorder This video gave me all the feels and also gave suggestions at the end for how to play an autistic sim without using any mods, which I just, I just really appreciated that video and the information that he gave. So check it out. It'll be in our show notes. We hope you have some time to check it out before our next episode. (sighs) This was such a good episode. I really appreciate everything and thank you all. Um, Jane has going to share her link to her Twitter. Do you want to share your handle yeah, right now? Um, it's kind of hard to say out loud, but it's um, at Jane plays Sims. And then there's an underscore between each word. So it's separated out like Jane underscore plays underscore Sims. It's, it's a little too complicated, but um, it'll also be in the notes, I believe, for the episode. If, if you guys are interested in following my mods and such, you know, that's where you can find them. Yeah, definitely. And um, we'll put the link to your anorexia trait with the disclaimer (laughs) that it's just a representation not meant to be taken too seriously. Yeah, huge disclaimer. And I'm I'm also working on updating it to be a little more, you know, uh, I guess representative in general. So if anybody has suggestions for that. Yeah, you can at Jane underscore plays underscore Sims. Um, So I guess we're going to go back to the real world go play some Sims and get back to you with some more lighter content and hope you'll continue to enjoy the show. Let's go have some fun. You guys. Bye. Bye.